Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Working Title. This is your host, Keyshawn Rains, and I'm bringing you a conversation with someone that I've had the pleasure of connecting with in the time that I've been here on the East Coast. This person is a professional in the field of mental health and wellness. She is a therapist, she is a counselor, she, I believe, is a healer and a liberator. She has a passion for removing the stigmas around mental illness. She is committed to serving her community, the Black community, the LGBTQ community. And what I like about this particular conversation is the takeaways were not only for you, the listener, but I guarantee there's some big things that I took away from this discussion as well. We dive deeply into understanding what mental illness is, how it shows up in our communities, ways that we can actually find resources to start the healing process, and also getting clear on exactly why it's so important to reclaim your mental health. So I invite you to get comfortable, sit back, relax, take some deep breaths and enjoy this conversation with my friend, my buddy, Shania CJ Johnson. Enjoy. Before we dive all the way in, um, I already know who you are. But uh, if you would (laughs) introduce yourself to uh, my listeners, just give us your name, your uh, astrological profile that I asked for, and your social (laughs) media handles where people can find you online. Okay. Well, hey, listeners. My name is Shania Johnson, a.k.a. CJ, and you can find me on Instagram at CJ Eyes Wide Open. Same for Twitter, at CJ Eyes Wide Open. You can find me on Facebook, Shania Johnson. Um. Oh, so astrological. Yes. So my son. Would you want the All sun three. sign? The sun. The the, the okay. moon and the rising. <laughs> moon and rising. All right. So, <laughs> so my son, depending on what app, but the one I use, my son has Capricorn Aquarius mm. cusp. Um. Some may say I'm Capricorn, but this particular one that I use is, has me as Capricorn Aquarius cusp, and my moon is Aquarius. Wow if you count the Mercury, Aquarius. And my rising is Aries. Wow. I know, right? Girl. (laughs) That is like fire. Air fire. You want to know the gag, though? You really want to know the gag? My Venus is Pisces. Wow. Which makes it. that's nice. (laughs) With all that fire. (laughs) Really nice. With all that fire and air. You got a little oh. bit of water in the love zone, which is nice that's to, you know, and, and steam it, just bring it down that, to a nut. That's where the, where the mush, mush comes from. from. That's mm. where the mush comes from. Mm. <laughs> well, I, that's where the mush I, uh, from. I've been, you know, starting to study. I love astrology. I've always been interested in astrology. That's mm-hmm. why I asked that question. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I used to only ask, like, what's your sign, your sun sign? And then a couple mm-hmm. months ago, I went to a workshop and I learned a little bit more about the influence of the moon and interestingly enough how you know up until recently in the western culture we never really dove deeply into people's moon signs but the moon Mm -hmm. is just as influential if not greater in some cases um more impactful on your personality and that's why you know i ask people now like what is your moon sign as well because 
the same way that you'll notice that you might click or mesh or gel or clash with certain people based on their sun sign, you can have those same mm. types of interactions and experiences with people based on their moon sign. And, um, and then the Venus sign, you know, is what, 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 you know, influences how you show up in a romantic sense, which yes. I think mine is Taurus. Um, my sun sign Ooh. is girl. <laughs> my sun sign is cancer. <laughs> uh, my moon is Sagittarius and my rising is Scorpio. So I have water, fire, oh, water, yeah. which yeah. Um, is very uh, steamy and intense. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, very steamy, very uh, like a sauna. Like you can only take so much before you can't breathe. Uh, so yeah, so that's mine. But um, but yeah, so I I've started to dive deeper into that, and especially for women, you know, um, we have you know a deep connection with the moon just the when you think of like astrologically like the sun is the masculine energy and the moon is the feminine energy Mm -hmm. so we're we're heavily influenced by that but um you mentioned a podcast how what is what how do you find your podcast where is it so okay we have apple it's on um apple Podcasts. um you can type in i thought i told you if you're familiar with master p and his words and his music (laughs) that's what i thought i told you I thought I told you. I'm a no limit soldier. Nah. <laughs> but <laughs> so you can find me on Apple. Um you can also find me on Spreaker yeah, or Blog Talk Radio. But Apple's the main. Um you can go back. And also anchor.fm. Okay. I just switched okay. over. And um so that's mainly where you can find me. I thought I told you. You'll see me. It's a picture. My hand cover in my mouth. Okay. With my mouth, uh, changing my picture. Oh, so but wait, yes. what is that about? Yes. What is the hand cover in the mouth? What is that? It's more so kind of symbolizing because a lot of the content I speak on tends to be taboo. Mm. And uh, I, and the hand cover in the mouth is kind of sort of similar symbolization for unspoken. Mm. You know, a lot of the topics, tend people people tend to kind and of And what kind of topics are you talking about on this podcast? So... <laughs> I have a mental health Monday segment, which I will be actually recording an episode this Monday. Mental health Monday segment where I talk about all things mental health and from a perspective of the social worker mm-hmm. and the person that also experiences mm-hmm. it. So um, mental health Mondays and then also have a segment called generational silence where I speak on a lot about childhood trauma, especially generation, especially within the black families. Um, we, we don't tend to tackle a lot of that trauma that kind of goes on, especially when it comes to a lot of child sexual abuse in the mm-hmm. household, when it, it kind of, you know, carries on generationally. Right. And uh, I, I noticed that that's something that does not get discussed. And that's also what my book is, the primary uh, topic of my book. Um, it's called Take What You Need, mm-hmm. um, The Journey of Healing Our Inner Childhood Wounds. Mm-hmm. And it comes from it speaks from a trauma-informed perspective and then going from there a lot of the things we feel we feel a lot of abandonment anxiety shame blame guilt you know that comes behind that trauma and kind of leading to the way of finding forgiveness and um, also being at a being able to find you know self-love and Mm self-acceptance And just kind of leading to the other side of that, of of those those negative feelings that we we deal with when it comes to mm-hmm. trauma, and it's pretty important to me. Um, not only am I a survivor of a 
of abuse as a child. But um, this is something I feel like this this heavily goes on. It does not get spoken on. You, you see a lot of people they um, they 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 kind of suffer with a lot of these things, mm-hmm. and it also lead up to suicide. Mm-hmm. That's about as worse as it can right. get. Um, which I will cover that in the book as okay. well, because those are the symptoms of childhood trauma, people, you know, suicide and depression. Mm. Would you do so, you would you say that um, your podcast is is what is the intention behind it? What are you what are you hoping to to communicate? What's your message? So my hope is to inspire others to either be self-aware mm-hmm. um, based on my experiences and my knowledge and what I know, just at, at, at best, be self-aware. Okay. You know, not necessarily saying, oh, you're going to change mm-hmm. overnight because it, it's realistically it doesn't work that way. But at least at least be self-aware and and to know that it's OK, that it is OK. First and foremost, it is OK to um, feel how you feel. And, you know, especially with dealing with mental health, the stigma still kind of goes on. It's, I, I, I feel like now it's, it's getting more out in the open and mm-hmm. I love it. You know, a lot of people. Taraji P. Henson, she just. um. She was just here in D.C. Well, she's from D.C. She's starting a mental health, um, wanting to start a mental health, I want to say like a mental health uh, institute or some sort of type of mm-hmm. mental health um, organization in okay. D.C. So I love that it's becoming more into the light. And then people are slowly kind of, um, I'm going to say embracing, mm-hmm. you know, that, hey, I feel this way. Hey, I am, you know, hurting. Hey. I am dealing with depression. Hey, things are not okay. And whereas before, it was kind of almost unspoken of, like you just don't deal with that because it was it was just a stigma that carries with it. That it was a weakness to not to you know you have to be strong and you just it's just it's mm-hmm. <laughs> you're gonna implode. So <laughs> that's kind of where my my podcast you know that's the message I want okay. to send. No, I I appreciate that, and that's um you touched on something just now where you said you know, it's starting to come to light. And I think that one of the questions that I had written down, like, you know, to ask you was, you know, why do you think that mental health is trending right now? Why do you think that it's coming to the forefront? It's it's becoming a part of conversations that I would say maybe even two to five years ago, it was not. Why do you- I agree. I agree. I think now just... It's more, it's, it's kind of become like a societal acceptance now. Mm-hmm. I want to say, I, I, I don't want to fully credit celebrities for championing mm-hmm. it because that, that's a double-edged right. sword. Um, I want to say, I want to say social media. It, okay. It's a myriad mm-hmm. of things. I, I would say everyday people, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these news stories, um, someone with mental health, you know, I, I, it's a myriad of things of what brings it yeah. to light, and people are starting to kind of be honest and open. And you know what? When they see, it's kind of like a like an effect. You know, you see one person just being honest and open and raw mm-hmm. and genuine, and they see that oh wow, it's okay for them to do it. Dang, it's okay for me to admit mm-hmm. that I'm okay. It all it usually just takes that that one or two one or two people right. to be open and honest. I was watching a. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen this on Netflix, but it was about, you know, a lot of those Instagram celebrities mm-hmm. or social media. Like the influencer like kind celebr- of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, influencers, yeah. And you see those are everyday people now. They've become mm-hmm. famous 
from from you know what they do but you see like wow just a lot of the things they deal with depression and some of them are battling right. with that and it brings you back that people are human especially for the famous right. people mm-hmm. it reminds you that they're human that they still deal with right. that so I think that brings out a lot of you know everyday people's like oh wow it's okay you know to for me to admit that I'm not you know I'm not okay or I'm going through this and so I would say credit mm-hmm. that and I think we're kind of coming into this um, time where authenticity is now becoming yes. the norm. Authenticity is now becoming the norm. And that's what everything across right. the board. People are being honest and people are starting to be genuine and be themselves. And that is becoming accepted, yeah. including dealing with their mental health. Right. And I right. love it. And it's starting to become the norm. Now, you <laughs> remember I told you with the double-edged sword? With celebrities. Celebrity? Mm-hmm. I do think, and this is the this is the um, not really this. Cons- hey, I am not. I, but, that is a that is a safe word on this podcast. We oh, use the c word on this podcast. I love <laughs> right. <laughs> on one end, I love that you know uh, certain celebrities are starting to kind of bring it yeah. to light and open it up. Because then you hear like stories, you know, Robin yes. Williams, you know, and it was a a director was like two three years ago. Ridley, I can't remember his name, but he was a famous movie mm-hmm. director. Um, he also and Anthony Bourdain. And then the Anthony mm-hmm. Bourdain, you know, so Kate, it's, what is it? What was really the, Kate, Kate Spade. Spade? Yeah, yeah, it's it's really, it's really coming out. It's it real. Is. People are really seeing it. It's real. And then even for celebrities, people that idolize celebrities, and they're like, oh snap, oh man, they, mm-hmm. yeah, it's you. No one's immune to it just because your your income right. Bracket. Right. <laughs> Nobody. Right. Anymore. And I, I agree. And I think it's interesting because as you were as you were as you were naming the celebrities, I thought about um a conversation I was having with my son earlier this week, and he's 17, and we were talking about the influence of social media on on the on teens and the influence of social media on mental health. And how, mm-hmm. while social media is a great platform for us to be able to get messages, positive messages, positive platforms, it's also, in some cases, influencing people in a negative way that is yes. increasing, um, I guess you would call it, symptoms of mental illness, specifically about you know negative body image, negative self-talk that becomes depression, that becomes yes. anxiety, that becomes suicidal tendencies, and in some cases becomes suicide. And he we were talking about uh big sean is like a rapper because mm-hmm. he teases me because i used to have a crush on big sean i was like oh big sean <laughs> um and he was like well look he he took a hiatus from you know his 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 celebrity to you know provide some some mental health you know support and you know what do you think about that and i said i wish that more black celebrities would share their stories i wish that more yes. black celebrities would you know take that microphone, take their platform and speak on it from a personal standpoint, because like last night we went to go see the movie rocket man about uh, Elton John's uh, life story mm-hmm. or part of his life story. And mm-hmm. we've seen the stories of celebrities over and over again, Michael Jackson. I mean, like all these celebrities who behind the stage, behind the curtains are struggling and battling with severe mental illness, you know, yes. and, a lot of times that becomes paired with addiction, which is also 
a mental illness, but yes. we don't really necessarily see their stories until they're gone. And yep. unfortunately. unfortunately, and so I think that um, when I think about like, you know, some of the celebrity suicides that have that we know about that have happened in the last couple of years, they're not black people. And no, no. and what no. I find sometimes in conversation, just casual conversation, you know, friends, whatever, when we talk about mental health, we talk about mental illness, I should say, when we talk about mental illness, it's it's very taboo, like you said. And do yes. you find just in your profession and even just in your own research that it's taboo amongst black people or taboo amongst everybody? I'm going to be honest with you. I think there's a tabooness amongst black people. Yeah. Because we have a resiliency. And then a lot of this come back from slavery. Mm-hmm. You know, we're strong. We're just, we're, we are a resilient people. Right. And I find this a lot, even, you know, working you know in my profession Mm -hmm. um there's this unless provided in a comfortable space it's it's almost like there's a hesitancy to admit that there's something not quite right with us right and it it's and i think that is something amongst us as a people with us being so resilient and strong and look at what we've endured right and so we have this expectation, like, oh, okay, you're okay, like, there's no wrong, you're mm-hmm. fine, you're strong, but, you know, go, you know, it's okay, right. in the wrong view, or, right. or we have this stereotype or this perception of what we think mental health looks like, oh, you're just crazy, you, you kind of, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I do find that, I do think it's, it's, it's with us, it's, there's yeah. this, which us, is, it, yes. which, you know, for me is so ironic, because because of the stuff that we as black americans have mm-hmm. experienced you would think well of course you guys are going to have ptsd of course you're going to have depression of course you're going to have generational mm-hmm. anxiety of course you're going to have generational mental illness look at what y'all went through as opposed mm-hmm. to the i think we put this on ourselves that says yeah look at everything we've been through look at how strong we are it's like yeah but even the strongest person it, can be broken yes. at some point if yes. they went through yes. that if they experienced yes. that we didn't you know get a slap on the hand you know what i mean we mm-hmm. you know black families black people black men women were you know destroyed as a people mm-hmm. you know in our in our mm-hmm. history and so that's the part that always, that's the part in me that gets stirred up. That's like, well, wait a minute. Hold up, hold up, hold up. People, you know, deal with PTSD from, um, you know, a car accident. You know what I mean? They might be uncomfortable yes. being in a car. Yep. That's just one incident. Mm-hmm. But if you look at one generations incident. of, you know, systematic oppression and abuse of an entire people, who yes. would think that it would be abnormal or out of the ordinary for black people to experience so much mental illness, so much depression, so much pain, so much trauma, it's literally in our DNA. It is. It it literally it it, it, it everything traces back to right. slavery. It it does. It because we are we're taught to be strong. Mm-hmm. We're taught to be okay. I mean, look at look at during those times right. when the women were being raped by men. Like there was no time to console and comfort, right. and you had to, you know, it it was it. it it, a lot of that is passed mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. And to the point where being aware and knowing that it's finally okay. Right. It's okay. Right. It is okay. To, I can't tell you the 
people that uh, you know I work mm-hmm. with, and you know we're just just I mean just getting to yeah. know them and our people and the tears, yeah, the relief, and it's just it's kind of like a weight lift, and you just like mm-hmm. it's okay, it's okay, mm-hmm. it's okay, so. And just repeat what that. is your like your official like your professional title? What is your profession? Right <laughs> now, um, I am a therapist slash. I do diagnostic assessments. Well, I do mostly diagnostic assessments, but um, kind of sort of on the therapist side if called okay. upon. And and I'm transitioning right now. Uh, that's doing contract work, but technically therapist slash doing diagnostic assessment assessment. do you find that um I guess if you had to say like generally speaking that when you're working with you know clients or or you're working with you know new people do you find that there's a resistance to diving into the trauma when you're working with people of color particularly um I've been told that people easily open up to me and they kind of, that's why I get, I get some of the other people, they'll refer, like, oh, no, we want you to get this person, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I haven't really dealt with, because it'll, it'll out, it, it comes out mm-hmm. either way. I noticed that with me. And um, I kind of have this comfort level where people are just comfortable and they just kind of open right. up. And I may have dealt with one, dealt with maybe a few, but it wasn't. In the capacity, in the setting, it wasn't in a therapeutic setting. It was just, you know, we need to do an assessment. And that's okay. That. Okay. Um, but for the most part, they, they people, you know, the floodgates open and they just, and they spill. Mm. And sometimes due to time constraints, I'm like, okay, you got to Right. But, right. I was going to ask but, you that. I was going to ask you that because, I mean, I've been, you know, in therapy um, over the last, you know, five or six years. And... I would say that, you know, and then moving different places and working with different therapists. And that's one thing I want people to know Mm -hmm. is like, you know, sometimes when you, when you're approaching therapy for the very first time, it rarely, I would, I don't, I'm not a professional, but I would say rarely is it on your own accord. You know, sometimes it's a job, you know, something happens at work or something happens. It's almost like something Mm -hmm. happens in your present life that, triggers you to go to therapy and then you end up looking at your past life like you end up looking at everything that built up to that moment and sometimes depending on the therapist you know if you don't feel a connection then you're not as willing to dive into your story to dive into your past so what I found was challenging for me was finding a therapist who reflected who I am someone that was really relatable someone that I could connect mm-hmm. with, finding a black person, a black woman, mm-hmm. a queer black person. Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. find in your field that you are still a minority or do you feel like there's an increase of, you know, black queer folks who are actually going into therapy? I do feel like I am a minority. Um, what I've noticed, the amount of certain clients get referred to me due to them being okay. queer black and you know with the assumption they would be more comfortable Mm -hmm. with me and I found that you know and 
that's something that kind of led me to be like, wow, this area really yes. is missing. Mm-hmm. And a, a a fellow coworker who is black and mm-hmm. he's queer, and he told me he was like, sis, oh my god, you 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 are not you're you are are uh, yes in this yes profession. you are please please get yourself yeah. out there he literally he in he's like you have to yeah i agree and that you know not saying gave me an idea but that sparked me to kind of kind of more so part of you know building my practice and building my business the areas into which i would want to service mm-hmm. you know black queer um, veteran yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah. I mean because it's like each it's it's almost like each identifier that you apply to yourself okay. you know or to your clients yeah. is another potential layer of trauma yes <laughs> you know what I mean it, it literally <laughs> is like like I was thinking yes. about that the other day I was writing um was you know like writing like a quick little bio or something like that and you know, some people have letters after their names. I have titles. And so I was, you know, writing like mom, queer, femme, Creole, black, mm-hmm. gotta, mm-hmm. woman. And I was like, trauma, 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 trauma. You know, I was like, God damn. Right, right. And, and, I, and I find that when it comes to like seeking out support, finding the right resources, finding the right, you know, providers or, um, you know, therapists, et cetera, I find that, you know, I consider myself to be a person who will dive deep and do research and make the phone calls and get on Google and dig, dig, dig. But for people who don't necessarily have that in them, how do they find support? How do they find resources? Where do they, where do they even begin? It's, man, I'll tell you, it's, depends on the area. Everyone says online and Google, but sometimes it's not that easy. Time for a break, time for a breather. One thing that we often forget to do as we move throughout our lives, throughout our day, is to breathe. So I invite you right now to allow three deep, intentional breaths to enter and exit your body. And by the time you're done, we will be ready to continue. Thank you so much for listening. You have homeless. Mm-hmm. Um, certain agencies do outreach. You know, um, some agencies do outreach for assessments, and you find that even then, those that are homeless, those that don't have a place to stay, that are needing those right. services, either are stumble upon or the agency that works with them, you know, they come and do outreach. Um. It depends. I would say, I would say other than Mm -hmm. Google, I think Google is the a good place to start searching for stuff online. It is a good place to start, really, online. And then just kind of go from there. And then get, you know, if you're, what area you're in, especially if you're in a metropolitan Mm -hmm. area, like a D.C., um, you'll see that there's somewhat kind of sort of everywhere. Now, if you're looking for a specific, right. you know, like a black or black, they're right. there. 
they're okay. there. People can they're find there. them. Yeah, I was I was yes. yesterday. Um, I'd recently um, I'm getting ready to start teaching a meditation class in a corporate work environment. And part mm-hmm. of the onboarding process is, you know, do a background check and do a drug screening. And um, I'm from California, so I'm like, ooh, does that include cannabis? Because, you know. Um, but we're <laughs> part of it doing a drug screening. So as I was driving to do the screening yesterday, I was thinking to myself, I said, why is it that for certain jobs that a background check is required, a drug screening is required, but no psychological assessment is required? Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. It took me down this like, you know, this little rabbit hole of what would it look like if psychological assessments, if therapy, if mental health support was just as required and accessible as education, as, you know, when your child is born, you put your child in school, they go through all the different grades, but at no point in there, unless you happen to be a parent who has a child who has some type of special need, therapy is not accessible it's not available and it's not required do you think that if it were how do you think it would change our community specifically speaking in the black community how do you think it would change if mental health support was as accessible as as school i think getting rid of the stigma first and foremost breaking that down Mm -hmm. first and because i think that stigma is still there Um, and once that's broken down and, and, and once it's okay to get that help, I think that'll change drastically. Yeah. I think that'll change drastically. Having it easily accept, uh, accessible right. um, to not just only rich people can afford right. therapy, only rich people or veterans or people with problems, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's, it's accessible to right. everyone. Right. Because I, I, I agree. And, I agree. Because yeah. I, I, I mean, I think that Mental health is trending right now. Um, you mm-hmm. know, mental illness is becoming a conversation piece that it, it wasn't before. Yes. I think even amongst, yes. you know, black people that it's becoming a thing that we talk about. I think trauma informed professionals is is an area of need in the black community. More mm-hmm. of us actually taking the steps to get the education, to, you know, get the the clout to be able to really speak to these things is important. Um I also think just having the conversation amongst friends, amongst peers is important as well, because I think that, you know, in the black community, you know, the way the information is passed down often started at the dinner table or, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Or after church Mm -hmm. on Sunday or whatever it was. Do you find that the topic of mental health and mental illness is something that you easily talk about in your peer groups? I'm going to be honest with you. No, no, that's something I had to kind of open up myself. And be comfortable with that to discuss. I, I had to kind of grow and like, okay, it's okay to discuss this outside of mm-hmm. therapy, you know, outside of outside of a select few other people that are also going, you know, dealing with this. Kind of had to kind of open myself up and saying it's okay to kind of discuss that with peers and friends and such. And, and because of, there was this fear I was holding, fear that they wouldn't. I didn't want, first, I didn't want to have this self-pity. Right this pity you know oh you have this you know that it it, it, it kind of starts within first yeah and having that comfort to be able to discuss it and talk right. about it but once you get to that level where you're comfortable speaking on it you're no longer at the um at the um hands of you know other people's opinions yeah of you, you know i agree it. and you're just like hey this is what it right. is 
this is what it is. Yeah. And I think that it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting to me because I, I mean, I've, you know, experienced the same thing. I've, you know, been a survivor of sexual trauma, you know, childhood abuse, grew up with a father who was an addict, um, you know, mm-hmm. as an adult experienced abusive relationships and also overcoming anxiety and depression. That is my mental illness package neatly in, in a box. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it mm-hmm. was something that for a long time, you know, I never talked about with friends, you know, never talked about mm-hmm. with peers. And it wasn't until I got to a stage, an age of life where I had to really do some reflection and start to ask myself why I was so afraid. And it was because of shame, you know, it was, it was because of shame. It was, it was the shame of, you know, what will people think? And, you know, also this was before I actually went into therapy to really identify, you know, changing the story. Like, no, I didn't cause that. No, it wasn't my fault. No, I didn't. That wasn't because Mm -hmm. of me. It was because of this, 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 and that. And as I started to even talk to people about even being in therapy. And I mean, people that I was in intimate relationships with didn't even know some of my stuff, you Ooh. know, people that I, mm-hmm. you know, um, friends and partners and et cetera, didn't know a lot of the stuff that I was overcoming, that I was going through, that I was diving into, that I was suffering from, that I was struggling with. Because like you said mm-hmm. earlier, we, you know, as black people have this, well, no, we're strong. We can't, nothing can break us. We survive, we survive slavery. Nothing can break us. And it's like, yeah, it might not be, be break me completely down. But for me, it was, I hit a wall and Mm. I was moving, moving, moving in high school, college, the marriage, divorce, baby, dada, coming out of the closet, all this kind of stuff and just hit a wall. There was just a day where I was like, I can't do this anymore. And that was my, Mm bathroom floor moment of like okay something's got to give and I find for a lot of people they don't go out and take that first step to even find support and not even a professional but even tell a friend until they hit that wall um yeah mm -hmm. and then a lot of them may find themselves they're surrounded by the friends that don't even have the capacity or the understanding to even you know hear what they're exactly. saying because the friends they could be around could just be like oh man you, what you man you all right you, you know when you, you acting crazy or what's um you weak for this that you know they could be around those friends and so peer pressure is a thing especially amongst teens. yeah and amongst adults and, as well <laughs> and adults too like yeah you took adults you know a lot of adults are, have this peer pressure you know they're pressured into not being them not you know withhold this part of them because they want to be a part, you know, they don't want to be perceived as this or that. Right. So, and that's a fear. I think I've dealt with, you mentioned you dealt with that. And we, you know, that's something you didn't, but once you got to that point where you're like, no, I I need to. And also we don't want to be isolated. Mm -hmm. So we're willing to blend in and do what we need to do, but you're suffering on the inside. You are fighting a battle that don't know about right and by by yourself yourself. and I found that for me it was you you hit the nail on the head when you said you know you want to be accepted you want to be you want to you want friends I mean you know we want human beings want Mm -hmm. friends we want relationships we want to have a social life Mm -hmm. but when you're suffering you know when you're battling when you're having those days where you're like getting out of bed is a struggle you know going outside the house is a struggle but 
if mm-hmm. I tell my friends that this is what I'm actually dealing with, like, you know what, CJ, I'm not going to be able to go see Shaft on Friday because today I'm having mm-hmm. some thoughts about some previous trauma and it's haunting me and I'm not in a good, like, mm-hmm. why are you trying to go into all that? You're just like, no, I ain't going to be able to make it on Friday. And then, right. yeah, and then you become yeah. the friend. Well, I became the friend who was always flaking, who was always not showing up, who yeah. was always, it's yes. like, don't even invite Keyshawn because she says she going to come. She ain't going to come. She ain't going to come. Go. Go. Yep. And I became that person. And then I feel resentful, you know, towards myself and my friends are resentful towards me. And then I'm back in that place of isolation. And it's just like a cycle. So it wasn't until I got to a place in my life where, thank God, you know, universe and source brought people around me that were authentic, that I could be authentic Mm. with, that I could be vulnerable Mm. with enough to say, you know what, girl, this is what I'm actually dealing with today. And to be able to have that friend say, I see you. Okay. I see. And, and they accept you as you are. They accept you as you are. And there's no, no right. Because I think that's another thing we don't like to be is pitied. Right. You know, and, 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 and also to add to that was you want to, you know, you didn't want to bear the burden of keep overloading people with what's going exactly. on with you. You didn't want to, you didn't want to be that, oh, you know, so you keep somewhat to mm-hmm. yourself. <laughs> you know, you, you keep to yourself. Yeah. Well, because you know, I don't want to be like and Debbie Downer, like, oh, here comes Keisha. Debbie all the time. She got some other shit going on, you know. And it's like, well, right. uh, that's, that's, that's what she got. Right. This, you know. Right. But all the while, you just want to be heard and yes. understood. Those same friends that invite you, yeah, you may not show up, but you love to have them. Oh, yeah. And when those invites go away, you see the people slowly start fading yeah. off. Now you're like, oh, so, mm-hmm. you know. And you're and you have those few that are accepting of you and they just love you yeah. as you are and are understanding. And we'll just kind of, quite frankly, be that genuine, honest yeah. ear. <laughs> you know, and that's, I think a lot of that is what was missing. Right. Having that genuine support. And I speak about, I think one of my episodes I talked about was having that social, so having that support is everything. Right. Is it is like almost like yeah. Death. Oh no, it can be. Well, it, and and because it's your lifelines, you know what I mean. It's it your is, lifelines. It I've had moments, you know, in my life where I've been, you know, on the edge, on the motherfucking mm-hmm. edge, and yeah, I had, yeah. you know, like maybe three lifelines that I knew that if I called them, they would answer. If I text them, they would respond. If I asked them to show up, they would be there, and. It wasn't even, I didn't necessarily like vet them and say, okay, look, I'm going to need you to be my lifeline. I just knew it and Mm. I could just feel it. And then they showed proof, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. it's important to have that because I think that, you know, having a social circle is cool. Having a circle of influence is cool, but having your lifelines is, is key because the reality is. is that no one is exempt from mental illness not and trauma no one is exempt even if you didn't Thank experience you. it in your childhood something might mm-hmm. be happening in your life currently present day that's traumatic and yep. if you have always been the happy-go-lucky everything's cool everything's great which isn't like a real person uh everybody mm-hmm. has stuff 
But if you've always been that person who's just like happy, happy, joy, joy, and then something happens and then you're the one who stops responding and you're the one who stops showing up, I would hope Mm -hmm. that the people that are closest to you would check up and be like, wait, we noticed what happened to Keyshawn. She don't show up anymore. What That they would come and check on you. But I think that sometimes what happens in our current, our current culture is, you know, we have the social media presence and a lot of times mm-hmm. people think, oh, she cool. Look at her. She just went to the, you know, to the such exactly. and such. She's fine. She's good. Exactly. But in reality, yep. she's putting something on Instagram just because maybe that's the last place she's going to go today. Ever. Thank you. And she just wanted y'all yep. to know where to look for her should something happen. Like, that's mm-hmm. how serious yes. it is. And I think, it, it, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You hit the nail on it. It gets, <laughs> I have gone to some edges of the play. Like, <laughs> And I have gone, I will say more so, I will credit certain things saving my mm-hmm. life. I will probably say journaling and meditation yes. saved my life. And on top of yeah. therapy. Journal, I would say journaling and meditation. Med- those, actually, yeah, those two in tandem. Journaling and meditation. Those two actually was were life saving, and then I exercised. But those two, and then going to therapy, yeah. definitely going to therapy. And um, I've had the experience of having a black therapist, which mm-hmm. is huge, which is huge. A black female yes. therapist, um, and others mm-hmm. as well. But just though they're life, yeah, they are. Like, and then at least having at least one person, or at least one friend yeah. or two that understands and knows that that's, that's not self that that pity. Right. Right. And that's a difference because I think a lot of times when we deal with this, we don't want to be pity. We don't want people's no, pity. Not at all. It's support. I need support. I need yes. support. And, and to know yes. that, so, and, and to know what other people's, you know, capacities are to be aware, to mm-hmm. know, that's why mm-hmm. I'm like, have a lifeline, have three lifelines, have two, have, you know, because mm-hmm. a lot of times I notice that, um, you know, especially when people are in romantic relationships, that their partner becomes their only support system. And that mm. can be overwhelming. That can be overwhelming in some mm. cases. So it's important yeah. to have a couple lifelines, you know, a handful, you know, people you can grab. If that person's not available, I know I can call this person. If that person's not available, I know I can call them. If nobody's available, right. having your own tools, like you said, meditation, yo- you know, for me, it's yoga, journaling, um, even, you know, finding something uplifting to listen to, to watch, going for a walk, doing some exercise, whatever it is to kind of snap you out in that moment when you're on that yes. edge. It's important to have those things because, you know, therapy is, is I think, invaluable, but your therapist might not be on a 24-hour call. You know what I'm saying? Seven days a yes, week, yes. you usually have your one or two little appointments and you do a little 55 minutes and you got to go on with your day. So... Yep. building a support system outside of that I think is is important and being vulnerable being courageous enough to be vulnerable because I got to a stage in my life where you know I'm almost 42 years old I've been mm-hmm. through lots of different circles of friends I've moved around a lot you know I make friends very mm-hmm. easily but I noticed as I matured that my friend circle got smaller <laughs> um mm. that and it became, my friends are my lifelines now. 
You know what I mean? They are mm. people that I can mm-hmm. be vulnerable with. They're people that I can be authentic with. They're people that if I call, I know they'll show up in the capacity that they have the ability to in the way that I've asked them to. And I think that you go through these stages of your life where you become more aware of who you are and you start Mm -hmm. to release the shame about who you are and you become more courageous enough to let other people see who you are. Yes, I I agree. And I think that's, that's the phase of um, where I'm, where I'm going through and just, like I said, having that courage to be open and be who I am. And and at this point, Hey, if if they're my friends, this is who I am. Did you accept me for me or, you know, I've had friends fall mm-hmm. off. That's, That's okay. okay. But I had to learn that yeah. that was okay because I had to deal with my own abandonment yes. issues from childhood. Right. But, and that will be. There you go. I love it. I love it. Well, yeah, I know. I won't, I won't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. And, and dealing with the loss. Yes. That I had, I had to, I'm still dealing with the remnants of, of it, but I had to really deal with yeah. that. You know, everyone leaves, everyone goes, and oh my god, it's, it's okay. okay, it's okay. <laughs> but I, you couldn't tell me that. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I just, I, you know, and and a part of that, I look at the silver lining and things. I needed them to leave in order to find me, yeah. And then when I show up, those ones yes, will come will. every time. Every time, and, and and I'm learning, and I'm you know finally getting mm-hmm. to that point. Like, wow, okay. And not everyone's supposed no. to stay. And I'm and, and finally accepting that it's okay. It's just nothing wrong with you. You know, you didn't do it. You know, it just it's yeah. just yeah. We're just we're stuff. we as people, I think sometimes are meant to um, cross paths. You know, some mm-hmm. people stick around for a reason in the season, as my grandmother mm-hmm. would say, a reason in the season. And some seasons last longer, you know, some seasons are shorter. Um, uh, I was listening to, uh, I listened to Lisa, Lisa Nichols a lot. She was a coach that I worked with years ago. And um, she talks about different types of relationships where you have people that it's like purpose driven relationships. This person comes Mm. into your life for a purpose. And once Mm -hmm. you, not them, once you have reached that point of, okay, I recognize why you were here. You release them and you release them with love and peace and you release them willingly knowing I got to where I needed to go. Thank you. You know, almost like, yeah. almost yeah. like yeah. Uh, how a hitchhiker's yeah. like, I just need to get to the 95 and then I'm good. Yeah. Like, you, can, you thank, thank you, you for, for that. that. And then you have people that yes. are lifelong relationships. And when you're lifelong relationships, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to talk to this person every day. You're going to see them all the time, but it means that you can pick up different points in your life and you can pick up where you left off with that person. Where it's like, dang, mm. I met her when I was 10, but we haven't talked in 10 years. But when I picked up, she was right there because she's part of she's part of my right. life journey. And so recognizing that, like you said, people come and go. And when people come and go, of course, that's going to trigger abandonment issues. I've experienced that, yes. you know, myself where you're <laughs> like, hold on. Wait, wait, come on. Now, I, did, I, just, I, just, I just took my shoes off. You're leaving already? Like, oh, what the hell? So it's... <laughs> But that's a natural thing. You know what I mean? That's natural for us to feel Mm -hmm. that. But I think the beauty of it is recognizing it is saying, you know what? My abandonment issues are being triggered right now. I need to go over here and take care of myself and love on myself and know that it's okay. It's not me. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't drive them away. This is just their time 
to go to move on. And that's when I started to ask myself, okay, such and such was in my life and now they're gone. You know, my prayers like, you know, reveal, reveal the purpose. What was that for? Let me know what that was for. Let you know that was for. Yes. I, um, everything, like everything what you saying. And then I, and, and having, being blessed to having certain friends to check me on when, because part of my whole notion, if something doesn't work out with a person, I just cut mm. them off. Well, that's the mm-hmm. fear. I have a good friend that checked me mm. on that. Like, okay, CJ, um, why don't you I mean anything that goes wrong? You tend to just cut yeah. them off. Have you tried to see things from their perspective? Right. You don't like it when such and such did that to you. I was like, oh, yes, mm-hmm. you're right. So maybe try to, you know, do this part. And I was like, damn it, friend. Damn it, yes. friend. Are you yeah, doing your you. job of being a friend? <laughs> I love it. And I'm, you know, like, this is what I'm like, I have to clap. I'm like, this is the type of yes. friendship I absolutely yes. love. Check yes. me. Yes. And and I realized it. I was like, wow, I do do that. I had this tendency mm-hmm. to just um, oh oh don't go well. Oh well. Hmm. Fine. Cut my cut losses. Off, cut cut off, my cut losses. Off. Before you can cut hurt me I'm any further, I'm gonna go ahead and get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fear. Fear. Fear, guardedness, right. not wanting to feel that right. pain of rejection right. again. Stemming all the way back from childhood. Ooh. That I had to get, yeah. yeah, and that's where when I saw my patterns and stuff like and habits and when, especially when it came to dating, yeah, oh. girl, that's a whole other episode. Uh, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, that is that is it. <laughs> yes, though, but, but, yes. but having that support, yes. having that friend to check was like, no, CJ, that was um, no, there's no. another way that mm-hmm. you can look at this. Yeah, and that's that. and that's what you I think know? is important for people to know is that. When, it, when you think about your mental health as just as important as your physical health, just as important as your yes. financial health, when you think of it like that, you start to take it more seriously and you start mm-hmm. to really protect your peace and you start to really yes. want people around you that are going to be your mirror. The same way that when you stand in mm-hmm. front of the mirror, you know, when you put on a certain outfit, or you change your hairstyle in a certain way, you look to the mirror to tell you what the fuck you look like. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you can make a decision about, <laughs> should I go outside like this or not? So when it comes to your friends, they're meant to be mirrors as well. You know what I mean? Yes. And the same way you don't look at the mirror and be like, mirror, you tripping. I look fine. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the mirror's like, no, but really though, that's not your best color. So your friends, the, the people that you have in your life, your tribe, your lifelines, they're meant to be those reflectors. They're meant to be those mirrors to say, you know what, girl, actually, there's another way you could look mm-hmm. at this. Um, mm-hmm. And I say this with love, without judgment, with compassion, with sincerity, mm-hmm. and you receive it and you're like, okay, cool. Got it. I, I can take this. I can, I can, yes. I can take this, but um, I can tell you and I can talk for days. I love talking to you. Um, I don't want to take <laughs> up your entire morning. So we are going to start to wrap this up and, um, there's a couple All of right. questions that I like to ask at the end of each uh, podcast. And so I'm going to start with those. Um, how did you show yourself love today? Oh, wow. Woke up, told myself, um, I'm worthy. Mm. I am lovable. I am lovable. The minute I started, you know, feeling any type of negative thoughts, 
I had to kind of check that and just kind of reverse it. And uh, starting with not only saying it, but actually feeling it and believing it. Mm. And once I started doing that, I, I, yeah. I like that. So. I like that. Just getting out of bed and just being thankful for another day. Yeah. Starting with that gratitude. Mm -hmm. What is your power word? (sighs) Power word. I am. Well, it's two. Okay. Mm -hmm. I am. Yeah, I am is very, very very powerful. powerful. It's an activator. Yeah, it's an initiator. It's a, yeah, I love that. Um, So what I like to do, this is something new that I'm actually doing in the second season of the podcast is um, I use uh, Oracle cards um, and Mm -hmm. uh, they all just have, you know, positive messages, little insights and things. And I use them pretty much every day. So what I'm doing differently this season is inviting my guests to, you know, participate. So I just need you to pick a number between one and 52. Okay. 48. 48. Okay. A high number. I like that. <laughs> it's so funny. I whenever a lot of times when people say pick a number, it just popped I, in my let's head roll with it. it. <laughs> okay. So this particular deck is, um, it's non-denominational. It's not even necessarily quote unquote spiritual, but it is because everything is, but um, there's little messages on each one and there's a little piece that goes with it. So for the number 48, The message is sticky wicket. Proceed with caution. It's a delicate situation, but that doesn't mean there's any real danger. Just a reminder that it's time to pause, to reflect, to appreciate all you have now and all you're about to receive. Hmm. 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 That's it. Great. That's what it's supposed to do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's it's, good. Good. Well, I just want to say I appreciate you so much for saying yes to doing this, for being a part of this, for being so vulnerable and courageous. I, I honor you as a provider of healing because that is what you're doing in your community, in your profession. I see the light in you. I see the power in you. I know that the work that you're doing, the work that you're creating through your podcast, through your book, through your professional work is really creating a necessary change in the lives of other people. And I appreciate you for answering that call, for showing up for yourself and for showing up for other people. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me. Thank you. And I want to say thank you as well. And um, you are just as much of a light and a huge change for those. And I appreciate you as well. And, and thank you so much Ab- for having me. I Absolutely. And thank you for this Th- podcast. This is, this is awesome. This is, this Yay, is nice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we will be in touch. Enjoy the rest of your, the rest of your day. Okay. All right. You do. Thank you. Okay, peace. have a choice of hundreds of podcasts and I appreciate you for choosing this one. Please take a moment to subscribe, share, and review this podcast. If you like what you've heard, check out my first book, Because I Said So, Simple Ways to Rewrite Your Story, available on Amazon. Stay connected on social media. Find me at Keyshawn Rains. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to something different and experience something new. Peace and blessings.
Namaste.